0: Hello everyone, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're joining us from ato pag-usapan natin, State of the Nation Address 2023 Ferdinand Marcos Jr. officially kicks off his second year in office oh, Ramdam niyo na ba ang first year ng bagong Pilipinas? Of course, one of the things that you noticed today was how the place was packed So we went from... Just over a thousand attendees last year to close to 2,000 attendees this year. Also, kung napansin major refurbished atong congress uh, natin. Uh, the congress today looked uh, particularly ano, glossy, no? And the lighting system, it gave it a really a kind of a fresh feel and look, which I think is exactly what the whole Bagong Pilipinas rebranding campaign of. President Ferdinand Marco Jr. is all about. Now let's talk key elements of the speech. The speech of course was finished not within the 45 minutes that was initially reported but more or less finished under 1 hour and 15 minutes. This may be long for some people but let's not forget we had far 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 worse under previous administrations especially you know who uh, you know we used to have a president before who did not follow the script and There's no problem with that unless you know you know how to properly speak or stick to uh, your talking points. But I think the speech was very comprehensive, and I think the speech in terms of message discipline, in terms of making sure that you minimize confrontation, you minimize controversy, but at the same time you focus uh, on some ah pinaagmahalang issue and you say things right and left that ticks off the uh, that ticks the boxes not ticks off ticks the boxes, impresses the right people, gives a sense of hope and direction to different members of his coalition and also to different constituencies, both international, domestic, and across different dimensions of governance and society. Now, before we go to the meat of the discussion, let me first say that once again, former President Rodrigo Duterte skipped the State of the Nation address of his successor. I think this speaks volumes. Last year, I don't know an excuse. He wanted to go home. He wanted to join his family. Fine. That's it. Although, let's not forget this was the president that kept on going home to Davao every now and then. Including, you know, you know when, right? Uh, but nevertheless, fine. Last year, we gave it to him. But this year, let's not forget that we we're talking about the president. Well, to be technically correct. A private citizen, former president, who had all the energy... And all the time, to go all the way to Beijing and China to meet his f- special friends there in China and to have a long conversation with no less than pra- paramount leader Xi Jinping. So obviously, kung may gusto, may paraan, ba? So clearly, you had the far- former president having a lot of time to go all the way abroad, no? Hindi po malapit ang Beijing, may connecting flight pa yata dyan, no? Or baka straight flight... Jet setter um, So for me that speaks volumes That the former president once again Supposed ally of the current president uh, Let's not forget the uni team is, Was supposed to be part of a, It was supposed to be composed of a Duterte-Marcos axis right? And I think that shows a lot of respect or lack thereof Of the former president vis-a-vis his successor Perhaps it also reflects some degree of disagreement on some key issues but if there were any disagreements between Marcos Jr. and his followers, his allies and key sections of his constituencies, yan ang hindi mo makikita sa kanyang speech. Pag napanood mo 'yung speech ni Marcos Jr., parang ang ganda ng Pilipinas. Parang wala tayong problema. Parang lahat ay maganda, no? Parang everything is bagong Pilipinas, no? I mean, just look at the speech. There was hardly a single controversial issue raised Well, there was one controversial issue or two raised Hardly a Sovereign Wealth Fund But dun sa mga katulad namin na nakita speech uh, in terms of the breakdown Barely two and a half, three paragraphs, very short paragraphs, very vague There was absolutely no mention of the Enhanced Defense comp- Cooperation Agreement in any serious sense uh, obviously, mahalaga itong issue ng EDCA Malaki implication ito para sa ating bayan Sa ating national security Para sa West Philippine Sea Para sa ating alianza sa Amerika Katulad ng sinasabi natin President Marcos Jr. has been a bit wishy-washy and ambivalent To put it mildly About the Enhanced Defense Cooperation Agreement How many American troops will be allowed In the EDCA predesignated basis What kind of weapon systems the Americans will be allowed to place there uh, you know How large will be some of those bases Since sites lang yung iba Na, na designate Jan sa Cagayan So there are many things with the ETCA Which has been completely unclear to us Up until now And alam natin ninegotiate pa yan So dinidrable pa ni Marcos Jr. Yan. Uh, so we were expecting him To make a pitch for ETCA And to defend ETCA And to defend his expanding security cooperation With the United States to defend his so-called reintroduction of the Philippines to the West, but we saw none of that. On the West Philippine Sea issue, we did not see the kind of strong, uncompromising language that we heard last year. And pansin nyo, uh, mas marami pa siyang mga, uh, uh, mas malaking portion ng kanyang speech was delivered in Filipino vernacular rather than in English. So Ambassador ko is the difference from last year is that last year Marco Jr was there to impress particularly the international community. To be even more particular, western allies, western powers, Europe, Australia, Canada, US, those kinds of places. He was really trying to impress them. We saw that in, you know, tremendous amount of technical jargons or semi-technical jargons he deployed the very strong stance it took on the west philippine sea so clearly yung audience niya, both in the inauguration speech and dun sa kanyang first state of the nation address clearly had the international community in mind because of course marcos junior knows their reputation among western allies western friends in, in other major democracies mature democracies around the world this year yes katulad ng last year he started on a very economic note and daming mga details in emphasizing economic growth in More than 7% Of course he was happy to say That it was the ha- fastest growth rate in 4 decades Don't worry We will go to the criticism soon Let's just take it as it is first uh, Sige nga oh, I mean obviously Madali magkaroon ng fastest growth in 40 years Kung nagkaroon ko na ng slowest growth in 60-70 years Or something During the pandemic You know recession Five quarters recession Whatever But anyway um, Balikan natin itong issue na to Later on so, just like last year, he started economics, he threw a lot of numbers out there, clearly wanted to say that economics is something that I know about, something that I'm confident about, and something that I accomplish very well. And then magaling din yung kanyang strategy by saying that may mga areas na wala kaming control, so katulad ng Ukraine war, shock to the oil markets, commodity markets, pero within the realm of macroeconomic intervention and policy making. Nagawa naman yung kailangan namin gawin. Within the realm of what we could fix, what we had in control, we did a good job. And that's why he really focused on all macroeconomic indicators that makes him supposedly look like an efficient and competent leader. Uh, for instance, diniscuss din niya how employment numbers are good. Well, not good, not great, but at least not as bad as some critics put it in fairness to him. Growth rate already to mention that and inflation yes was not good but in fairness to him it was not as bad as many many other emerging markets argentina turkey i can go on and on about this uh but he was also very happy to emphasize how inflation is coming down to five percent by quarter three of this year and most likely could settle at around four percent or 4.5 percent before the end of this year or by the first quarter of next year so very proud uh dunsa economics so the continuity between now and last year was the economy first, but technocratic feels and focus na meron tayo sa speech na. The difference though is I think this year he had more the domestic audience in mind rather than international audience. That's why continuing na sections niyan, EDCA on foreign policy, even on trade, free trade agreements like uh, RCEP for instance, very thin. Parang ticking the box lang siya, no? So yun yung uh, pansin natin dyan no? uh, pagdating sa kanyang speech I think the speech was disciplined He did stick to the speech as much as possible And the speech, so he was both disciplined in delivering the speech And the speech himself was disciplined in a sense that Pag tinignan mo yung speech na yan, Again, it avoided all controversial issues It emphasized the glass half half full but it made it look as if the half full is the full it's the entire glass situation and then at the same time uh may kita natin na he was more than proud to talk about some of the positive developments that happened over the past year i would say that the greatest achievement that president marcos junior had for instance uh, over the past year is yung well more or less formalization or recognition of the crisis na meron tayo namely yung uh, utang ng ating mga magsasaka so more than 58 billion pesos if I'm not mistaken of debt no, incurred by our farmers will be essentially waived because in this sustainable in situation now obviously this in itself is not enough and in a way it's just a recognition of the problem that was always there but for me it's still in fairness consistent dun sa kanyang pangako at sa isa, mga key, isa sa mga key elements ng kanyang speech last year to sa first state of the nation address right whereby he promised to ameliorate no etong kalagayan ng ating mga magsasaka no in and indirectly or directly for that matter help or tulungan yung ating sitwasyon pagdating sa agriculture at food self sufficiency now speaking of that obviously uh, farm to market other kinds of basic infrastructure, financings, those things are very, very important. And we want to see more details. We want to see more budget allocated in that regard. And we want to see the right people placed in charge of that, not only by the Department of Agrarian Reform, the Department of Agriculture, but by all relevant departments, including the DPWH, will be very, very uh, instrumental to making sure that we sapat, na mga projects and initiatives Para ang talaga itong neglected in, uh, rural uh, development uh, you know, situations sa Pilipinas. I mean, grabbing rural poverty, the average age of a farmer, Filipino farmer, is 46, 47, 48. I mean, sobrang liit yung domestic production natin compared to what we need. Uh, we import close to 90% of our rice from one country alone, Vietnam, that's tremendous amount of vulnerability and reliance on a country that, by the way, happens to be a kind of a semi-rival to us, just the West Philippine Sea. So if you put all of these things together, I think the president was really focused on making sure he cruises through the speech, creates the maximum level of good feels, creates the minimum level of controversy, and gives a piece of the pie to every major constituency. Kaya kanina nung pinapanood natin yung mga response sa mga uh, dif- different senators while and tayo sa mga television programs breaking this down for instance uh, yes, Bato did not get for instance his uh, uh, ano yan? Um, ROTC but siguro happy siya na, na hindi ma- na-mention yung ICC right? So he didn't get ROTC but he also di- but there was also no mention of ICC whereby you know it could come off as if you know warning for, for some of these people and uh, you know so in, in a sense, there was something out there for, for people like him. Uh, there was no reassurance to the international community that bon, bon Mark is going to be helpful on human rights from democracy. So that, in a way, of course, is not a good thing if you care about human rights and democracy. But for people associated with, with the previous administration, some of them senators of the republic, that's something that perhaps they appreciated. And then if you're Rafi Tulfo, Rafi Tulfo was very happy that the mention of you, NGCP, you National Grid then. Because katulad ng isang vlog natin earlier this year, isa sa malaking problema natin is our critical infrastructure's vulnerability. Vulnerability to sabotage or all kinds of manipulation. Or just inherent vulnerability. Because if you look at the national grid ng NGCP natin, 40% owned by a Chinese state owned company. And some would say 100% run by Chinese engineers, right? With the Philippine counterpart just signing the papers allegedly, you no? Know? so rafi tulfo was very happy that the president mentioned the potential review ng ngcp that was something that was very good to him. there was also of course mention of other important uh issues sa fisheries act natin, uh important issues for instance as i said dun sa agricultural sector so he 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 made sure that there's something for everyone to be happy about <laughs> so that really tells you ...that Marcos Jr. as much as possible is sticking to his strategy of quote-unquote unity. Again, pinagtatawa na nito last year because napaka-vague, napaka-motherhood statements... ...more for, I don't know, tourism rather than national vision. But in fairness to the guy, from a political calculus Machiavellian standpoint... ...he has been able to maintain a certain degree of unity or prevent full uh, you know, fractures within his ranks by avoiding controversial issues altogether or whenever he has to discuss a controversial issue, he discusses it vaguely enough so that he's not open to criticism, right? So ICC, if discuss Kostnian, he was gonna disappoint one side, either the Duterte side or either the international community or progressive side. He just didn't discuss it at all, right? Is it a good thing? Probably not. But from political standpoint, he just avoided confrontation. He also did not discuss, for instance, not only not ROTC, but he also did not discuss drug war issue, right? Again, I think that's because he recognized that he cannot please both sides simultaneously, uh, because the drug war issue is inherently polarizing. Of course, ay it's a drug at crimean. Buto malaking mga issue natin sa paraan ng drug war ng administration. Now, of course, he could have talked about drug rehabilitation, etc., in generic terms, in vague terms. But I think he just said, "Forget about. It. Let's not talk about it now. There is a better venue to discuss it because the moment I open up that issue, we're just going to be open to more debates and polarization, etc. I think that was a tactical, situational calculus on the part of the president. Uh, there was no issue of the case of Senator De Lima, no case of Rappler, media, relations with media, relations with abs no, you just skip all of those issues altogether, right? So that's why if you look at this speech, it's easily 45% economics. And a lot of this is about just general numbers that look impressive on the surface, but if you scratch the surface, as I said, for instance, the 7%, 7.6% growth, yeah, it looks great because it's the fastest growth in more than four decades, but let's not forget this is the base effect because we're recovering from one of the worst recessions in Philippine history during the time of Digong from 2020 to 2021. Five quarters of recession. In fact, bago magkaroon ng pandemic, may recession in the first quarter of 2020, right? So you had five quarters of recession. So the country was really downwards. So obviously, it's easy for you to grow fast coming back. And there was also element of revenge spending. Now. What are we to make out of this sauna, uh, in general? As I said, the thing I say with sauna is, what can we expect? Nan maraming details because you only have one hour, in some cases one and a half hour, and and you wanna discuss a whole range of issues important to more than hundred million Filipinos, if not, you know, the whole international community. So. Talagang unrealistic namag expect ka ng super damning details. That's why we look forward to more details coming out from Malakanyang, from the Congress, from the legislator, etc. So let's be fair. Nevertheless, there are certain issues, especially controversial issues, which need more clarification. The Maharlika sovereign Wealth Fund needed more clarification, more defense, if necessary, considering how controversial it is. The EDCA issue needed more clarification, considering how there's so much disinformation. By Tata style, kind of, uh, you know, alumina uh, people, no. So, but he completely just avoided that. He barely discussed the Marjiga Sovereign Well Fund. Almost no discussion of Etca whatsoever. So there's a downside to that. But then again, this is about his tactical situational calculus, which is, you know. But the thing is this: the sauna is not supposed to be super detailed, except on certain issues that need clarification need justification, need reassurance. But the son also tells you something about prioritization, and I mean priority the president So I would say, if you look at the speech, 45% or so, is mostly economic, so that means that's really where he's most at home. Uh, has he been very successful in economics so far? It's a mixed bag, it depends on which side of the coin you wanna look at. But, but my sense is, what he didn't say and what he didn't explain says a lot about his political strategy coming to his second year and again his political strategy coming to the second year is I want to avoid controversy I want to avoid confrontation I want to avoid alienation of potential allies key allies already there and some of the semi alienated allies already here or outside the country right so keeping things on an even keel let's just cruise through this, let's keep things chill, detox. I think this is really the, the motto of Marcos Jr. so far heading into second year. So, let me end on this note. Katulad ng natin the other day, uh, before, uh, before the sauna. As I said, whatever comes out of this sauna, he said some of the things I was expecting, he did not talk much about other things I hoped him to discuss. But I'm totally unsurprised with how he approached this sauna because it's very much consistent with his conflict avoidant, non-confrontational unity persona. But my argument is whether he wants it or not, right? Even if he's not interested in controversy and conflict, conflict and controversy in politics is interested in any Filipino president. It's just unavoidable. As I mentioned earlier, There are a number of issues that are going to be very divisive and potentially polarizing if not more in the coming year or so if not the coming months uh so the mardukha sovereign fund he didn't explain a lot but there are going to be more and more questions raised about this especially as he visits malaysia soon and the issue of 1mdb scandal is going to come up the issue of military pensions military uniformed personnel pension is gonna be more and more serious and important in the coming months and coming years. Doon sa kanyang speech, again, he's, major unrealistic yung sinabi niya, parang sinabi niya is, "Hey, we can do this without any problem. That's pretty hard. I mean, how can you deal with the pension problem, impending fiscal crisis, as the president himself admitted, in the five, six years from now, we're gonna have a fiscal crisis if we don't deal with this pension issue. But we know it's a sensitive issue, right? Military pension is a very sensitive issue. I didn't get anything in his zona in terms of dealing with that, but he's not going to be able to escape it because if he has to do some, if he's going to do something about the pension issue, right, it's going to inevitably have implications. And speaking of Philippine military and relations with the government, that's where the ETCA issue also comes in because ang ating sandatang lakas, ay, sang ayon sa ETCA, sang ayon dun sa ating relations sa America generally my reservations to China. So keeping that in mind, you want, if you want a good relationship with the military, and then you're going to push for pension reform, and then you don't want any confrontation with the armed forces of the Philippines, but at the same time, there are former presidents, including Duterte, are not happy with the ETCA, how are you going to square the circle? It's going to be an extremely difficult balancing act. Right, because he cannot go aggressively for pension reform, and then on Edca not give what the military is looking for, because the military is looking for more and more security cooperation assistance from the U.S. and the West through the Edca mechanism. Right, so he cannot double alienate the military, especially after our history of coups and also the very sensitive uh, reshuffle done some military leadership earlier this year. Mahirap yan, mahirap yan. But at the same time, kailangan din calculate ni Marcos Jr. yung impact naman. Sa kanyang mga internal alliances, particularly with Duterte, particularly with former President Arroyo, for instance, na, who are not very happy about the direction of Philippine foreign policy, particularly in terms of our strengthening relations with US, which is inevitably undermining our supposed golden era of relations. Which ang hirap nun eh ang hirap nun. So paano mo babalansain yan? Hindi yan madali. And speaking of economics, yes, inflation is going down may go down to 4% by first quarter of 2024 but so is economic growth slowing down it's, so we we had 7.6 almost 8% last year but this year past 6% lang growth rate now at 10. now it may look impressive but the philippine per capita income is under $4000 compared to more than $10000 in china uh compared to more than ten thousand dollars in malaysia compared to what more than seventy thousand dollars in singapore so at this level of development which is very very low right which is very very low six percent growth is actually not that much especially when your growth is also very low quality i saw nothing in the sona or the national development plan that really gives me an assurance that we're moving in the right direction in terms of creating inclusive development meaning bringing in know high-quality investment in the semiconductor industry, in the high-tech sectors, in uh, sa, sa manufacturing, car manufacturing, etc. Like For instance, why our Toyota Indonesia? It used to be from Japan, then from Thailand, now from Indonesia. Why not make it in the Philippines? So, I'm not still seeing any reassuring initiatives and commitment on the part of the government in terms of making sure we create high-quality growth, not only high level of growth. Well, so far, both high growth and high-quality growth they're, under, they're questionable. I just don't see uh, any assurance on that front. Of course, I hope the be- for the best. I hope the president and his team figure this out. But I'm just not seeing that so far. So, even on the economy front, de ba, o oh, kamos sa naman yung bigas. Yung presyo ng bigas. Akala ko uh, 20 pesos kada kilo. The latest numbers I was saying is 42, 43. This is the cheapest you can get out there. Right? So, kamusa naman yung populist promises na ganyan uh, Yung kadiwa Diba may mga projects-projects siya but, but that's not gonna compensate For market prices right? Because limitado lang provide ng government On subsidized level Now, if you want to bring the market cost low You have to deal with structural problems Smuggling problems Production problems Hoarding problems Middleman exploitation problems Right? Uh, a lot of market uncertainty problems no? So My point is The economy situation Is also not gonna be as bright As he might wish it to be Because wala na yung revenge spending Nagso slow down na yung China At second year na Hindi na honeymoon as much My sense is sa Pilipinas Mahabang honeymoon Tropical country tayo But uh, Alam nyo na digong parang 6 years yung honeymoon niya eh. No matter what Kapal pa kan, Go pa rin um, But this one um my sense is major sisingil lang tao including yung mga bumoto sa kanya in terms of o saan naman yung golden era saan naman yung 20 pesos kada kilo saan naman yung mga pinangako, pinangako sa atin in terms of massive infrastructure projects they may come 3 years, 4 years, 5 years from now but 2024 is important second year of Marcos Jr. is important because it comes before 2025 midterm elections If he does well in his second year in office, if he keeps his coalition together or even expands it, if he isolates his chief rivals, if he keeps relations with the US on an even keel, if he keeps people satisfied enough over the next year, then he will be in a very strong position to have the 2025 elections completely dominated by his allies and therefore have happy, happy life in his second phase of presidency, which will be the legacy years of 2025, 2026, uh, and 2027. You no, know? So, mahalaga talaga this coming year. So, there could be a huge difference between a good field sona that he gave now and the actual difficult balancing act and challenges he's gonna face in the coming six months to 12 months. Forget about next four or five years. You no, know? I think his second year will be his most consequential year. Whoever is the Filipino president, I wish them the best. Having said that, I don't think um, sugarcoating things or just pretending problems are not there is gonna make things better. In Sona, the priority of the president was good feel, unity, bag on Pilipinas, fine. If that's what you want, fine. But in terms of his actual governance over the next year, I want him to make the tough, tough decisions we make. Whether on the pension issue with the Armed Forces of the Philippines, whether on the ETCA issue, whether in terms of, I don't know, yung ICC bayan, uh, papayagan yung ICC, or hindi ba, We have to see something definitive on that. And my sense is the Leila de Lima issue will be resolved either way, positively or negatively, before his third year in office, right? So, din, that could be a very, very. Uh, that could be a very very divisive issue and my sense is it will come out in the second year right I could be wrong but if you look at the timeline it looks like it's going to come in second year so what I'm saying here is this I appreciate the president not being toxic I appreciate the president not being demagogic I appreciate the president trying to give good vibes I appreciate the president trying to keep that speech short and you know uh, avoid boring us and saying whatever stuff out there as we had during the previous president right but hard choices are coming for his administration this year so as much as his good vibes in his speech in his act in his decision making over the next six months to 12 six months to 12 months he has to act like the president right Hindi the good vibes lang. at Hindi pedi avoid no you cannot be like an ostrich right you cannot avoid Challenges that are already there. I mean, just look at the education issue. He just said some general things about the education situation. The rankings of some of our universities going well. But yes, but we have a massive education crisis in the Philippines. Some said it's like a ticking time bomb. Uh, look at the Philippines' uh, functional literacy, right? Uh, ra- ratings. It's so low. It's, it's one of the worst on earth. It's one of the worst on earth. Look at our... Proficiency in math and sciences of our basic education sector—it's one of the worst on earth. I mean, talagang bottomo, grabe. I mean, So I know the president wants to say we're moving in the right direction. Be proud of your country. Good vibes style. magawa. I, I get it. But the president also has an obligation to be realistic with his people and to use his sona as a clarion call for proper unification around a competent, effective, genuine, and decisive leadership. So, I'm all against authoritarianism, I'm all against Tata-style populism, all sorts of shenanigans and antics, but I also want a decisive leader. A leader who can make the tough decisions. A leader who who can and should be honest. And we'll be honest with these people in terms of real challenges we're facing. And leader who's willing to go the extra mile, right? To make sure that our future will be better than what we have had over the past half a century, including the legacy of his own father, right? So that's my point. So I'll give him a good score if it's in terms of good vibes. Discipline sticking to the message, right? And in terms of making sure the speech is more unifying it's more uh, making everyone happy rather than you know creating more further polarization or migraine literally as we had other former president but I hope that's not how he's gonna approach his actual governance over the next six months six months to one year because, as I said, his second year in office might yet be his most consequential yet all right on that note, thank you very much again, so we can see and this sa space. Ayan. O, oh, ayan, may Madami mga galit na naman dyan, ha? Bakit ang daming galit sa inyo? Di ba kayo natutuwa? Unity. Unity daw tayo dyan. Speaking of biyay, o, ayan, soon. Pag-usapan natin ang next biyay ni Marcus Jr. Hindi Magellan. Marcus Jr., Malaysia naman. Pag-usapan natin yan soon. Thank you very much again those joining us over space uh, dito sa... Uh, uh Twitter yeah, mga kaibigan natin diyan marami natin uh, join sa atin yeah. si DJ Chacha cha yeah, thank you very much for joining us ma'am Lumberio for joining us and si Derek Yes, yeah, we have many friends who are joining us again don't worry I have an article or two or actually more than two coming out on this issue soon I'm, I'm gonna post it on my Twitter so watch out for my detailed analysis of the key policy challenges Marcos is gonna face in what I argue as his most consequential year yet. Thank you very much and God bless. Thank you also dito sa ating mga followers sa uh, Meta. Thank you kay Maj- Majoy Garcia, Majoy Garcia, Anthony Cruz, Lilia Gargantilla, Norgeline Delmasio, Noemi Tablate, Miri Minalov, Madrigal Heya, Sari Kanya talaga, Rizani, Evangeline uh Bacos Belatis thank you very much. Kaimam okay, Eden Olonan as always, thank you very much for your kind comments. Really appreciate Nancy Ong, Anthony Calderon Cruz and Commons. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it very, very kind of you.